Hi and welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. I'm Paul Martin. I used to be a Presbyterian, then Pentecostal lay preacher. After studying the Bible and church history, I converted to Catholicism. I'm talking today about what may be one of the greatest controversies in Christian history, even though it shouldn't have been, and that is the Filioque Controversy. The Filioque is a clause from the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed says that we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. And several amendments were made to the Nicene Creed in 381 AD. There wasn't much controversy over that at the first council of constantinople but it said simply that the holy spirit proceeds from the father the words alone or and the son were not added so it didn't say the holy spirit proceeds from the father alone or the holy spirit proceeds from the father and the son But in the late 500s, the Latin churches added to the creed and from the Son. So it said, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. It was added to the liturgical practice in 1014 AD, but it was rejected by the Eastern churches. And the controversy was the doctrine itself, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, the authority of the Pope to say, yes, we can do this, and the authority to add to a creed. And this contributed to the Great Schism in 1054 AD. My question is, if the church has the authority to write a creed, why don't they also have the authority to add to it, to enhance it? Well, let's have a look at what the Bible says. John the Baptist, and we're told that John the Baptist was full of the Holy Spirit from birth in Luke chapter 1. He said about Jesus... He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 and Luke chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. In John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17, Jesus said that the, the Father would send the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17. I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another counsellor, that he may be with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world can't receive. For it doesn't see him, neither knows him. You know him, for he lives with you, and will be in you. So he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counsellor. So Jesus is affirming that the Father will send the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist said that Jesus would baptise them 
with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2 verse 33, it says, Being therefore exalted by the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you now see and hear. And then in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus and the Father, the Father and the Son, both sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 20, the Spirit of the Father. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of the Son. And in John chapter 15, verse 26, it says, When the Counselor has come, whom I, this is Jesus speaking, when the Counselor has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. So some Orthodox theologians have even conceded that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father through the Son. I believe it's, it's both. And here is the most convincing reason, in my opinion, is we find it in Scripture, in John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from within him will flow rivers of living water. But he said this about the spirit which those believing in him were to receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus wasn't yet glorified. I'll just read verse 38 again. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from within him will flow rivers of living water. And verse 39 of John chapter 7, he explains that this river is the Holy Spirit. Now, we go to the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22 verse 1. He showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So John chapter 7 verses 38 and 39 says that that river that flows of living water is the Holy Spirit. And Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 tells us that this river proceeds from God and the Lamb, which is Jesus. And that, my friends, is why we in the Catholic Church and the Protestants who followed us believe in the Filioca doctrine.
Now we're going to look at what the early Christians believed regarding the filioca. And the list is given here in Jimmy Atkins book, The Fathers Know Best, on pages 136 to 142. Tertullian of Carthage, in his Against Praxius, section 4, this is about 218 AD, I believe the spirit to proceed from no other source than from the Father through the Son. Saint Gregory Falmaturgus, in his Declaration of Faith, which was 265 AD, and there is one Holy Spirit having his subsistence from God and being made manifest by the Son. To men, image of the Son, perfect image of the perfect life, the cause of the living, holy fount, sanctity, the supplier of sanctification, in whom is manifested God the Father, who is above all and in all, and God the Son, who is through all. Hilary of Poitiers, in 357 AD, the Trinity, chapter 2, verse 29. Concerning the Holy Spirit, there is no need to speak, because we are bound to confess him, proceeding as he does from Father and Son. And in chapter 12, verse 56, St. Hilary of Poitiers writes, But I cannot describe him, whose pleas for me I cannot describe, as in the revelation that your only begotten was born of you before times eternal, when we cease to struggle with ambiguities of language and difficulties of thought, the one certainty of his birth remains. So I hold fast in my consciousness the truth that your Holy Spirit is from you and through him, although I cannot, by my intellect, comprehend it. As we have understood discussions about the incorporeal Natures. This is from Didymus the Blind, the Holy Spirit, section 37, from 371 AD. Didymus the Blind writes, As we have understood discussions about the incorporeal nature, so too it is now to be recognised that the Holy Spirit receives from the Son that which he was of his own nature so too the Son is said to receive from the Father the very things by which he subsists. For neither has the Son anything else except those things given him by the Father, nor has the Holy Spirit any other substance than that given him by the Son. Saint Epiphanius of Salamis, in his Man Well Anchored, section 75, and he was writing in 374 AD. The Father always existed, and the Son always existed, and the Spirit breathes from the Father and the Son. Saint Basil of Caesarea, in his The Holy Spirit, chapter 18, verse 45, writing in 375 AD. St. Basil, 
One, moreover, is the Holy Spirit, and we speak of him singly, conjoined as he is to the one Father, through the one Son, and through himself, completing the adorable and blessed Trinity. And in chapter 18, verse 47, he writes, Thus the way of the knowledge of God lies from one Spirit, through the one Son, to the one Father, and conversely the natural goodness, and the inherent holiness, and the royal dignity, extend from the Father through the only begotten to the Spirit. Thus there is both acknowledgement of the hypostasis, and the true dogma of the monarchy is not lost. St. Ambrose of Milan, writing about 381 AD, in the Holy Spirit, Book 1, Chapter 15, Verse 172, That is the fount of the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit is life, as the Lord says, the words I speak unto you are spirit and life. And in book 1, chapter 11, verse 120, he says, The Holy Spirit, which proceeds from the Father and the Son, does not separate himself from the Father, and does not separate himself from the Son. Saint Gregory of Nyssa, writing around 382 A.D., in his Against Eunomius, chapter 1, verse 26. For there, with the Father, unoriginated, unregenerated, always Father, the idea of the Son as coming from him, yet side by side with him, is inseparably joined, and through the Son, and yet with him, before any vague and unsubstantial conception comes in between, the Holy Spirit is found at once in closest union. And St. Augustine, in his book, The Trinity, book 5, chapter 14, verse 15, and writing around 408 A.D., that which is given has from a beginning by whom it is given, since it has received from no other source what proceeds from him. It must be admitted that the Father and the Son are a beginning of the Holy Spirit, not two beginnings, but as the Father and Son are one God and one Creator and one Lord relative to the creature, so are they one beginning relative to the Holy Spirit. But the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one beginning relative to the creature, as also one Creator and one God. And in his Tractates on John, chapter 99, verse 7, Augustine writes, Why then should we not believe that the Holy Spirit proceeds also from the Son, when he is the Spirit also of the Son. For if the Holy Spirit did not proceed from him, when he showed himself to his disciples after his resurrection, he would not have breathed upon them, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. John 20, 22. For what else did he signify by that breathing upon them, except that the Holy Spirit proceeds also from 
him. And St. Cyril of Alexandria, in 424 AD, in his Treasury of the Holy Trinity, Thesis 34, St. Cyril writes, Since the Holy Spirit, when he is in us, affects our being conformed to God, and he actually proceeds from the Father and Son, it is abundantly clear that he is of the divine essence, in it, in essence, and proceeding from it. And the Athanasian Creed says, and that's about 425 AD, the Athanasian Creed says that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, the Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, and the Holy Spirit uncreated, the Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, and the Holy Spirit incomprehensible, the Father eternal, the Son eternal, and the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet they are not three eternals, but one eternal. And Saint Fulgence of Rusby, in his The Rule of Faith, section 54 of AD 524, said, Hold most firmly and never doubt in the least that the same Holy Spirit, who is Spirit of the Father and of the Son, proceeds from the Father and the Son. And Saint John of Damascus, the last of the Church Fathers, writing around about 728 AD, in his Dialogue Against the Manichaeans, section 5, wrote, I say that God is always Father, since he has always his word, the Son, coming from himself, and through his word, the Spirit, issuing from him. And in John of Damascus's Exposition of the Orthodox Faith, chapter 1, verse 8, and this is about 746 AD. Likewise, we believe also in one Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, God existing and addressed along with Father and Son, uncreated, full, creative, all-ruling, all-affecting, all-powerful, of infinite power, Lord of all creation, and not under any Lord. De deifying, not deified, filling, not filled, shared in, not sharing in, sanctifying, not sanctified, the intercessor, receiving the supplications of all, in all things like the Father and Son, proceeding from the Father and communicated through the Son. And in Exposition of the Orthodox Faith, chapter 1, verse 12, he writes, And the Holy Spirit is the power of the Father, revealing the hidden mysteries of his divinity, proceeding from the Father through the Son, in a manner known to himself, but different from that of generation. So that, my friends, is why we Catholics believe in the Filioque Clause. The scripture teaches it, and the early church fathers taught it. And I hope and pray that our orthodox 
brothers and sisters, will accept it too and come back into true unity with us Catholics. Thank you for listening and God bless.